Welcome to the Mentoring Club Insights Podcast, sponsored by our partner LinkedIn. We are glad you have tuned in to this recording and hope it will help you on your growth journey. Hi, this is another episode of uh, the Mentoring Club Insights Podcast. Um, today it's with me, Bastian. Uh, I'm Director of Engineering at Zalando and uh, one of the co-founders of uh, the Mentoring Club. And it's always a pleasure to, to have these, um, uh, to, to, be, to take part in this uh, podcast. Um, it's my second episode now. And today I will talk to Anand. Um, and yeah, Anand, why, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and then we see how and where this um, discussion will lead us. Sure. Thanks, Bastian. Um, hi, I'm Anand. Um, like I, I can introduce myself now. Uh, so I'm an engineering lead at Humano. So where we are building products for a um, lot of different corporate companies. Basically, we're building health and well-being uh, services and features. And uh, especially about me, uh, I've been working in the engineering field for the past eight and a half years. Um, so primarily, I work, work with full stack engineering, but off late, I'm more focusing on the, the backend engineering side. So where we are building uh, distributed systems, but again, um, I'm, as a lead, I'm also leading the team um, in building engineering stuff. Um, at the same time, also taking care of the, the key results and initiatives on a quarterly basis. Um, on the other side, I'm uh, as a team, we are building the, the engineering culture in our organization. Um, yeah, that's about me on a brief level. Uh, but uh, I just want to say that I'm quite excited today uh, to discuss with you about on this topic, as it makes a lot of relevance uh, with the current things that's going around. Um, so I'm quite happy to be here today. Cool. Yeah. Likewise. Likewise. I'm. I'm also happy as said before, right? And it's always. And for those of you uh, out there, right, who don't know about about this podcast, it's actually kind of a a random meeting. So we we have this um, channel for our community in the mentoring club, right? And we just meet there and uh, decide that we will have a podcast together. So it's also. It's not the first time we had, of course, some kind of a first uh, intro meeting last week uh, for 30 minutes. But in a way, uh, we also just get to know each other. And um, the topic that we choose to talk about is, is quite a relevant one, right? It's engineering culture and uh, especially now in, in, in and yeah, can I say after the pandemic? Probably not, right? But yeah. uh, in this pandemic, in engineering culture, company culture uh, become even more important because a lot of things change, right? Um, probably as, as one thing or as one question that we can start with. Um, so you've been born in, in Asia, right? You come from India, um, right? right? And yeah. you've, you worked in India and in Thailand and came to Germany 2019. I, I'm from Germany, so I'm quite used mm -hmm. to, to the, let's say, engineering or German engineering culture. Uh, mm -hmm. How is it different um, uh, from, from the Asian engineering um, yeah, companies? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, as, as you said, like I've been, I've started my career at Asia and I've been working in Asia for, for around six or seven years. Um, yeah, for me, the, the culture differs in terms of like when it comes to Asia, it's all about the people. Like, so the, the, the amount of people there, um, it's just a huge numbers comparing to the European counterpart. Um, like, so I've worked with, uh, like, places where a lot of people and there's a lot of the scale at which we are working at Asia is something that that we cannot compare with Europe 
so the scale is literally bigger or some some number of times or 10 times bigger than europe the scale it is the first thing that that comes to my mind when it comes the difference between an asia and europe but again um, then of course the people um, the mindset of the people um, so basically asians are hard working uh, like it doesn't mean that europeans are not hard working but again um, asians are yeah. quite yeah <laughs> just kidding yeah so we are quite kind of uh, stick to the plans and then deliver things um, but again that's kind of works as opposite to us like because sometimes we don't work in an agile uh, methodology kind of um, so we don't deliver features uh, at a rapid pace how it's happening in europe so it has to be done in a more careful manner or let's say it has that big process for for building and delivering features so so the process wise it was it's not that efficient as how things are happening in europe uh, like let's say it, it might take a month or two sometimes to deliver a feature um, so but then there's a lot of people involved in building and delivering stuff um, there are a lot of process involved so on that side so definitely europe has the upper hand um, so a lot more agile when it comes to building and delivering features and especially the startup scene is is quite amazing in europe um, so back in asia so we don't have this startup scene and there's not much collaboration happening there uh, among engineers or let's say of any different types of um, experts so i'm i'm quite I'm quite interested on that side. That's the reason I, I came to Berlin. Um, so to be part of the, the startup culture, um, to contribute and also be part of a meetup, go around and meet people. So that's the main inspiration. Um, I came to Europe. Ah, cool. And then you choose Berlin. I mean, probably because it's one of the, probably the hotspot, right? When yeah. it comes to startups. Exactly. Uh, coolest places, right? When it comes to startups, <laughs> along with Amsterdam. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true. There's also a lot of a lot of companies. Um, yeah, that's that's super interesting, right? My, do do you think it comes from from the fact that uh, kind of traditionally there are a lot of let's say these development or offshore nearshore companies um, that are that, that that you find in Asia, or what, what, why is it um, the way you you described? Yeah, I mean it's 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 becoming more the the nature of those companies because the companies I work with are large enterprise companies, um, so it's kind of they cannot come out of that process as soon as possible. So they kind of trapped into that process. So it's it's not something that uh, the companies are following the lean startup culture. So even though they kind of becoming a big enterprise companies, so they did not have that mindset of being a lean startup uh, kind of each team is, is kind of self-organized self-aligned so that was not there um, so and also it's always driven by the the top down approach so where we always have some kind of authority and um, mm -hmm. then things happen um, in a more predictable manner uh, so there's so that's where it comes like uh, the predictability and innovation right so When it when it comes to the scale of innovation and predictability, we lack we lack on the innovation. So where mm -hmm. we uh, we fall more on the side of predictability. So that is that kind of mindset kind of put us back um, when it comes to innovation or or working in a more agile manner. So that was a big problem there. Ah, super interesting. Yeah, I can I can say let's say between 2005 and 2015, I worked in let's say like I said before, right, different companies at Immobilien Scout 24 and a smaller company called Regis 24, and and agile was quite a big thing in Germany. So there was a lot of agile um, movement, um, 
um, here, right? So every every company had their kind of contracts with externals who who um, certified Scrum masters and product owners and so on. I, I'm by the way also certified Scrum master and product owner. Okay. And um, interestingly, this movement had like also had this this, yeah, this piece of like management is bad or. You know, teams need a scrum master, but no, not a, not a manager. And uh, this was quite an interesting time because a lot of companies um, uh, kind of followed the structure. So they had maybe some some director or VP, but on a team level, they had a team, right? And then a product owner and a scrum master, kind of following the theory. Um, looking back the last five years or so, this changed quite a lot, right? So now engineering managers are everywhere. Um, and then kind of the, the, the role of managers... Uh, become more and more um, important, yep. uh, but nobody really talks about agile anymore. Like, of course, we we have we have uh, Scrum teams. Let's say we have iterations, we have test driven development, and so on. But agile as a as a term and as a movement somehow disappeared. Do do you share this this um, perspective? Yep, I mean uh, I agree there. So uh, in in terms of having a, a dedicated person who can kind of um, like pros, uh, perform this kind of agile practices or let's say establish or monitor um, taking care of the complete agile process that has changed uh, so now I feel that the teams are more autonomous um, like mm-hmm. and also like um, self-driven so they can align um, uh, based on their own schedule and priorities um, and also like what they want to achieve so the, the goals the bigger goals they have um, the team has becoming more autonomous uh, but but still it's important that uh, but still alignment has to be there like again that there comes to this autonomy how do we balance autonomy and alignment um, so when it was completely agile and we have a, a dedicated uh, scrum master then we have a better alignment there but so now the things are moving into more autonomous self-aligned mm-hmm. teams but again it's important that we kind of balance both autonomous and alignment uh, at the same time so maybe like uh, engineering managers of each teams they align with other engineering managers um, just to just to kind of uh, break that silos that's getting created between teams uh, and also having some kind of gills, cross-team gills, um, some kind of um, uh, meetings between teams. So I think that's becoming more necessary, like even though what you said is, is true, uh, it's important that we kind of have to find other alternatives uh, for our, for for being uh, missing a uh, dedicated Scrum Master. So we have to make sure um so we have all these strategies in place um but again it's what's important is the the goal what the team is working on so that's that's becoming more important now that's what mm-hmm. i think yeah i think that you, you named two terms right that i believe are very important for for having good culture uh, engineering culture but i think uh, company culture in general as well right which is alignment and autonomy so I, I I was thinking a lot about the role of a scrum master because I decided like back in 2007 to become a manager in, in, in IT, right? Um, and for me, scrum master was somehow kind of a role to compensate bad management from, let's say, the 90s or the 80s, where managers are like very micromanaged, like micromanagers and... Um, controlling everything right i i myself had a boss who was like always looking uh like he was standing <laughs> behind me right and looking what i write wow. in terms of code and so on and this is kind of bad right so um i think in in like when or in times where also managers developed into more human-centric um 
people leaders, right, who who were able to or who are able to uh, coach a team to become high performant and autonomous, and so on. I think this role changed a lot, and with that, this this kind of the responsibilities of scrum masters and managers um, were somehow merged, right? Um, right. Yeah, and when it when it comes to autonomy, I believe that you you only can be autonomous when you have high alignment, right? And exactly. in the end, that's then uh, one of the most important roles of of, of a manager, right? Not to uh, control and say what the team has to work on, but actually to set the direction, right? To align with with the needs of other teams, as you said, um, um, to align business goals um, that are probably short term and long term sustainability goals when it comes to um, yeah, creating value also in the future, right? You need to be efficient. You need to have a lower amount of technical debt and so on. And with that um, kind of yeah uh, alignment structure, you can create autonomy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and again, what I feel is uh, it, it all builds on trust, right? The trust is being the base yeah, exactly. uh, for, for different teams to work along with it. So only with the trust, then we can build the, the high performing teams so that the, the commitment comes from the team rather than we, we force and push the commitment. So the team is kind of committed to um, like what they are, uh, what they're coming up with. So that's where it's very important um, to, to maintain the team's autonomy and alignment, trust and commitment is, is becoming more prominent and important. That's that's another interesting thing, trust. So I, I believe trust can be built only over years, right? So in the end, trust is 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 not a yeah, it's not a result of saying that yeah, now we are a team, we need to trust us, right? It comes after months and months and probably years of working together. Right. Uh, how how does this go together with the fact that today, yeah, software engineers have uh, see a high demand, right, in the market, in the job market. So a lot of co- a lot of people just leave after one one and a half, maybe two years, and mm-hmm. with that you have kind of a yeah, you have a team structure where a lot of people are always new, right? The team is never like um, uh, kind of a group of of people who are working together for like two, three, four years, but a lot of people are always new. How, how, how does this go together with, with the strong need for trust? Sure. I mean, this is a very interesting question and, and it's a very practical question. It's like, this is what's mm. happening uh, in the market. Like, so now the mindset has completely changed. Like as an engineer, we stay as for in a company for one, one and a half or two years max, but then we want to try out new things and then, we might maybe we might get bored with the current organization, the team, or the technology we are working with. So this is more um, uh, more common now. I think we have to get along with it. Um, so one thing is we can try to stop it, but I think that's not possible. <laughs> so then we have to uh, get used to it. Um, it's very challenging situation, but still, um, like it all it also depends on like how we are onboarding new uh, new teammates right so we we have all the checks about the the values whether the core values and engineering values are matching with the company uh, with what we set uh, but sometimes it's also an opportunity to kind of fine tune our own engineering culture so it's also important that we listen to the the incoming um, teammates so that we kind of fine tune and adjust according to the the current trends because sometimes we might we might lack their like it, it's kind of more of an outsider view like when someone new joins a team or let's say we are interviewing a new candidate so we might get a new perspective of something what we assume as a culture so which we which never changed for the past five years so someone uh, recently joined a team or is going to join a team 
they might have a different perspective or view of what they what they meant as a culture so it's also about uh, um, i mean the culture is more has to be more evolving and uh, along with the new teammates it's kind of more flexible in terms of what the company wants but also like how the team is evolving and growing um, so that's that's what i would feel yeah I, i agree right so in the end you you have to set somehow a baseline right this is this is probably a job for for a manager it's it's it's, it's definitely also a job for everyone who works in the team who's who's more senior right so um i always say like if if i start a new team right i i always um tell people that they are kind of pioneers for many people who will join after them right so whatever you said in the beginning be it um the let's say um the the tooling um um the the metrics that you set for your team the way you document things uh, how you work together right which kind of meetings you have etc it's, it's all um not set for you in the moment today but it's also the stuff that other people probably even after you left right yeah. uh, will work on in the future and with that you 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 have always this kind of obligation to to think about um today but also how people um in a near or even like a more far away future will will work within within a specific team right exactly but one thing i'm quite interested is about the the meetings that you mentioned yeah. um so i would i would term it as a waste repellent culture so where you kind of throw away some unnecessary meetings uh so it's important that we have meetings are for the right purpose at the right time um sometimes like i have seen meetings scheduled after a month but the context was context would never been set so it's important that we create meetings and um, um set the context of the meetings at the right time but it's also i mean this is not about only the meetings but also like as an uh, this has to be an important engineering culture part of it uh, kind of throwing away the waste like we have to keep on continuously um analyzing like what are the meetings we have what are the, the unnecessary um tasks that we are doing we kind of automate it or kind of throw away the the waste being a waste repellent culture so that kind of um important for a team to be focused on a specific thing yeah to- totally agree totally agree this is like this probably one of the most um damaging things that companies have right it's like you you meet even at, at Zalando by the way we have this uh, company value that says we don't meet because it's thursday <laughs> and i think this is ex- extremely important right because in the end um good engineering culture is made also of like um, how, how how can we call this um kind of the the amount of air time they have let's say right so if you have a if you're a software engineer you know right that in the end it takes a while to take off to become or to get into this in the moment of flow uh, where you actually are very productive and it takes a while to take uh, to to land again right and with every meeting you you follow you, you repeat this kind of um cycle right and i think if you have three meetings a day then probably you don't have any time to really be productive right so in the end i i would say yes optimizing for having probably one or two days with some meetings in a week but the rest should be meeting free i think nowadays right a lot of for a lot of teams the reality looks completely like the opposite they have probably half a day where they are productive and the rest of the week is is meetings and other stuff and then of course companies wonder why why uh, the result are bad um and a bad i mean the the result like the volume of results right the the, the actual output 
but yeah. also the out, outcome, right? So what's what's the what's the impact of what they what they are building, but also the quality um, is lacking. Yeah, I, I, I also believe and, and, and yeah, I agree that this is an, a super important aspect to to having good culture. Comes with trust as well, right? So exactly. companies need to trust managers need to trust their people that they work on the right things if they are not available for eight hours because they work on something important. Right. Uh, probably it's it's good. Do you have any any things that you use in your team to um, to raise trust to to ensure that um, everyone is aligned that that you work on the on the right things? What are you doing? So um, we. We mainly believe on believe in collaboration. Um, mm -hmm. Also, the the key factor is the uh, communication. So, to build trust, it's important that the team or the members has that credibility, um, and also we we rely upon each other. Um, so, it's 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 completely relying upon uh, your teammates is is very important because, like as as I was telling, when the system is getting bigger, there's there's a lot of opportunity for silos getting built up between different teams even though let's say within the back-end teams there are a lot of features and domains we are building so there's that natural tendency of silos getting built up so if we don't have trust we can we can never build things at a faster pace so you have to trust your uh, teammates so that um like they they kind of take care of take responsibility and accountability of certain aspects and then you can freely work on other different aspects so that kind of we build things together uh, yeah i mean that as you said trust is being the base for um like building a high performing team again so yeah this, and, this, uh, this. yeah sorry go on uh, i have a question for you back yeah um, like especially for in a big organizations, like how do you how do you maintain that scale of innovation and predictability, or which side the big organizations fall into? Like some companies prefer to be more on predictability of the features that's getting delivered, so that they lag on innovation. Sometimes it's just the opposite. Like, but where exactly that right middle or right point where the team or let's say how do you how do you how do you recommend this for the startups or other companies mm -hmm. where they should focus on uh, and what they should do for kind of maintaining the balance there between innovation and predictability uh, your thoughts on that yeah thanks that's that's a great uh, great question so i believe that the bigger company becomes the more it kind of tends to focus on the predictability side Right, so you have um, governance systems. You have kind of heavy uh, program or project management uh, approaches. Uh, you have constraints um, coming up, etc. Right, and um, at the same time, all these companies also know that speed is an extremely important factor. It's a crucial factor to be successful in the market. Um, to be lean is a, is a, is an important factor. Autonomy in teams is an important factor. But at the same time, I think the company itself can't provide this, right? I believe that, um, this is where managers come into play. And I, I really think that engine managers, like these first line managers, are probably one of the, the most important, uh, people in the company because they need to somehow or to some degree, act like yeah some, somehow like activists to 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 work against this regression towards predictability to come up with with a system that allows 
at least some degree of autonomy in the team, right? Um, to uh, challenge things that the company provides in order to make what your team is responsible for a success. Right. right. I think uh, the, the role of managers is extremely important and in, in a lot of companies also undervalued. Um, exactly. That's what I, what I really believe. Um, and when I say undervalued, it's not, not in terms of salary or whatever, right? What I, what I believe is also the, the amount of training they get, the, the, um, let's say the, um, flavors of training that they get, right? So, uh, is it just project management? Probably not. It's like also how, to, how to actually stand up, how to work a bit like an, like an activist, um, to, to be on your own, right? To, to, to be able to fail and, and so on. I think this is an important thing. And another one is, and I, I'm a big fan of, of this, um, like, uh, big believer of, of this fact is the team topology that you, that you apply. And this is not just for the team itself, right? Of course, team doesn't need to, should not be too big and should not be too small in order to be stable. I, I believe in the fact that teams should be cross-functional in, in, to, like, um, to that level that they have all the roles that they need in order to solve their problems. But I think there's more to it. I think also the company itself needs to think about the right uh, team topology, right? So one, one thing, one example that I can mention here is Uh, when I worked at Immobilien Scout, uh, we had kind of a chaotic or organically grown team architecture. And uh, prior to the IPO that we did in 2014 I think 14 or 15, we changed the whole company in, in, a, in a way that we had platform teams and we had market segment teams. So teams started to organize its, uh, themselves, not around systems anymore or around features, but around business problems. Right. Uh, so we had, for example, a big team organized around residential, uh, another team organized around commercial. So they were really focusing on one specific segment of customers. And, and I believe this, this is, this is a, is an important discussion and conversation to have ongoing in the company. What is the right, what is the problem that you solve and how do you actually align your team? not just the team, but also the department, the, the business unit structure around these business problems, right? Because in the end, every software engineer, right? So I, I, I never saw a software engineer being happy because they built something nice in terms of code. Of course you are, right, in your day-to-day -day work, but in the end, you want to have impact. You are, you are happy because you see the first, cast, the first 100 customers coming to your, uh, to your service. Uh, you made the first kind of, um, I don't know, the first amount of money, the first revenue with your, with, with your, um, with your service or whatever, right? So in the end, um, organizing around business problems, user problems is, is key as well. And um, then, um, yeah, back to your question, right? Then you, you work for speed and innovation. Um, and you find the right balance between predictability and, and speed and derivation. So yeah, sure. That's that's a great answer. Um, yeah. So one thing that strikes my mind is um, like, how do we like? You talked about the the chaotic environment, like, but chaos sometimes we need to introduce that explicitly, right? Let's say if there is no chaos happening in a system, but chaos is, is more in terms of an engineering perspective. So I'm talking about chaos engineering. Um, like, but if we don't have chaos in our system, we sometimes cannot understand the limits or the, we cannot understand, we cannot benchmark our systems. Like what's the limit of our mm -hmm. system when our system is going to fail. 
uh, say what is like how how fault tolerant our systems are um, so it's, it's very important that as part of an engineering culture so we have to push our systems whenever like whenever we see that things are going smooth and predictable at some point we also have to technically push our system to a limit so to understand the limit um, and also kind of build some systems and tools around it uh, or maybe some automation around around making system more reliable and fault tolerant even though if something strange happens and also kind of we isolate the fault so that it does not spread across the different uh, features like you also talked about um, so nowadays the the teams are building features just not just not they are working on code it's all about um uh, the features are being properly segregated and they they form a separate group and uh, it's also important that the way we architect our systems the way we we build our systems or the way we roll out something it has to be more sustaining and um, fault tolerant at the same time right so so that balance again that there also has to have to be a balance there like with the speed also there has to be understanding the system's limit capabilities um making things fault tolerant is also kind of becoming more important uh, in the modern times yeah exactly i think chaos <laughs> we have to accept right that chaos is is, is just a reality chaos is the default right so in the end we, we we need to be resilient as individuals we need to be resilient as teams uh, we need to build systems um, and and system landscapes, let's say, right, that are resilient as well. Because in the end, we, we we should not try to avoid surprises, but we should be prepared to be surprised. Right? Right. This can can be just something that I don't know, some kind of um, new form of DDoS attacks comes comes around, right, and and tries to kill kill our systems, or um, I don't know, some new competitor comes into the market and and builds a builds um, the same business that we have in a different way and customers start to love it, right? And we need them to, to react fast and and so on, right? So in the end, um, everything needs to be built in that way so that we are not um, shocked by surprise, but actually embrace surprise. Exactly. Maybe I can, I can all put it in this way. Like we first get surprised as engineers before the users get surprised because the user should not get surprised about, okay, something is not working or like something failed. I think it's important that we see the failure even before the, the user sees the failure, right? Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's like, I mean, uh, I see still a lot of companies have QA departments, for example, right? I, I believe that to, to some degree, this this might be, might be good, right? But in the end, um, this will be always too too slow, right? To detect anomalies, so we we need to somehow build it into to into the system itself, so that um, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And yeah, so th- another question about building an engineering culture. So, so sometimes, like we keep on talking about it, then we never get things into practice, uh, or let's say. We work on a sprint, but then we have a we have some dedicated story points, and then we work on the tasks rather than mm-hmm. thinking about the big picture, or or let's say we define some engineering culture values, but then we never perform that. So, do you believe in having a dedicated time, let's say in a sprint half day or something like that, where you kind of I I think Spotify has this thing called Hack Week, so where mm-hmm. 
kind of they perform their engineering culture values like they work on innovation collaboration like how do you see the value in that like having a dedicated time um besides of like on a day-to-day basis be working on different tasks we still perform engineering culture values but at the same time how to how is that having a dedicated time to perform these values like let's say collaboration explicitly talking about a culture like how we can fine tune it because like sometimes if we don't have that dedicated time at least i feel that maybe like we're not talking about it or even let's say some new joiners join a team sometimes it's important that we talk it on a, on a regular basis and also mm-hmm. we kind of perform something on on this dedicated time so uh, how does can company can do something like that or if not what could be that alternative um so i th- i need to ask back so what what do you mean when when you say dedicated time to work on culture so it's like to to have a conversation around how the processes work or how how to kind of i don't know improve the team or is it more like uh, having a specific tech time to let's say reduce technical debt or um work on the tooling so what what exactly, exactly do so you I, would, i would yeah what i mean is the second thing like having okay. a dedicated time to to work on some technical topics collaborate with other cross functional stakeholders so this is more like like you don't part of that sprint so you just come out of the sprint and then you kind of uh, work on these these aspects like what you define as a core engineering culture values let's say you define innovation as an engineering culture are you are you really doing innovation that's that question we have to ask and these kind of dedicated time is for performing that uh engineering culture maybe a team working on an innovation or a team is collaborating with cross functional stakeholders it could be of any anything of that sort mm-hmm. uh, so this is quite diff- difficult i guess because um i'm like my first reaction to this would be never do this because um i believe if you start having i don't know 20% of your time just dedicated to tech it also means that um you need to set some kind of a yeah wall inside your work day or inside your work week in order to shield yourself from the business i believe that in in the end or the, the ideal situation it is that product design business and tech are, are intertwined right so that they work together that um of course for product manager for example it should be extremely important that what they build is uh to to the degree needed right uh, sustainable so that we avoid technical debt that we uh, work on the root causes for for bugs um that we understand incidents and so on right so this this should not be something that we that we do on a friday and everyone else is working on something different and they always say yeah the tech the tech people have their tech tech day today or so but in the end it should be somehow intertwined because otherwise uh we we neglect some important fact that companies are tech companies nowadays right and um this is this is some kind of a i i would say is an important feature of a good engineering culture as well to not you know hide yourself for for a day or so uh, in a, in a week to to work on important things but everyone should know why things are important so we should follow the same same approach we should prioritize against other things we should make the importance of uh, of of technical aspects visible right so we should use metrics and so on exactly. so um this this would be my first reaction but then at the same time i'd also say you know, you need to at the team you need to think about the right mechanisms to um 
Yeah, to make it more easy, right? Uh, to to work, for example, on quality. So, for example, if you say, okay, um, I don't know, once a month we do a big bug bash, right? So where we say, okay, bring everyone together, and then we find the bugs, and then we spend two days or so on fixing the low hanging fruits. This is probably a good thing because if you know that that you have a lot of bugs that that people like users find in production, then uh, you should set, uh, yeah, um, yourself some kind of time uh, time box or so to work on these things um and um this in the end should be a team decision right so you know your system you you know your current status um and then you set uh, you set yourself some time to work on these things but yeah uh, again as said in the beginning um this should be intertwined it should be um working together and not um just some uh, working on some silos or so Exactly, Eman. Yeah, even kind of aligned to that. So even though we have, if we have something like that, then it, it's important that we, we make it more inclusive uh, of different stakeholders so that like we work together on a on a same goal. I think yeah, mm-hmm. that has to be there so that like as you said, like it's not that one day engineers go and hide into the into the tunnel. Like it's it's still exactly. visible and make sure every other stakeholders also kind of know that or being part of something so that you kind of make things or you, you get some you get some outcome out of that. Like as you said, like let's say um bug bounty days, like we kind of found the bugs and fixed something. So it has to be some more like an outcome driven um things like initiatives, like whatever you are you are you are involving in it. Yeah. Exactly. I've, I've, there's, there's one thing that I would like to, to um, understand, ask you. Um, there's, over the last couple of years, I heard a lot of com- debate around, should a team be like a team or more like a family? And we talked a bit about trust and we talked about how, how, how important it is that people like really get to know each other and yeah, trust each other and so on, right? Um, so like, from your perspective what what is what is the better term that we use here um should it be more like a sports team or more like a family what's your perspective yeah it's a very tricky question um like maybe some we can assume um a team can work as a family but but at the end of the day for me it's team is a team um like but again but still we can build on the same culture values what we define as a fa- what we define for a family but again mm-hmm. like, that could be some exceptions uh but for me like the team cannot be a family like we cannot e- directly equate to it but maybe mm-hmm. we can we can use some common um, culture values what a family could have but just again we have to assess how that would work for a team um so let's say if we try to copy some values from family to team it's important that it also works in the the team's uh, environment. Uh, sometimes that that might be some things which could be contradictory, but but I, I've never thought about it in that perspective. But but generally, what I would see is uh, at least what could common things are like trust, right? Family and teams, like both should have trust with each other. Uh, but at least like in teams, we may we may not have that relationship with what what we might have in the families like brother sister and maybe like a husband and wife so th- those are different relationships which we cannot have in the teams of course <laughs> um, but generally we can still build our teams based on some core common values what also we share mm-hmm. with the family yeah but but still team kind of sometimes stays out of the family's context <laughs> but yeah uh, <laughs> that's that's what i feel there 
I, I think it's it, it needs to be both, right? So if a team is purely performance driven and maybe even competitive in its insights, like some sales teams, for example, might be, I think this this won't work, right? So in the end, people need, and I now intentionally use a word that probably is more on from the family context. I think people need to love to work with each other, right? If, if you don't feel that, um, I don't know, Monday mornings, you come to work and you actually love to see the other people, then um, you have to you have to do some work, right? In, in terms of key, uh, team culture, exactly. But at the same time, uh, right? If you if you just um, try to, yeah, shield everyone from um, leaving their comfort zones again and again, so you kind of don't grow uh, with each other, then um, probably it's also not not right. So in the end, right, you, we have to win something, which means that. The purpose is different, right? The family uh, is not about winning, probably. It's probably also about winning because in the end, uh, children need to grow and so on, right? But um, I think it needs needs to have, yeah, it's, it needs to be both in the end. So one one aspect that I that I really love about my job as a manager, for example, is hiring people because especially for new teams, right? If you, if, you, if you kind of create a new team and you have interviews with different people also from, from different um, nationalities from different backgrounds, right? And then you see them growing together and they become friends eventually, right? This is, this is, a, this is a great thing to do. It's also a big responsibility, but I really love, love this, right? Uh, because people come together not just in a random way, but uh, as, as, yeah, as said before, right? As, Exactly. human beings to, to start loving to work with each other yeah i mean that that has to be the the important criteria right when we recruit someone it's important that um this is one important question we would generally ask uh at least my manager asked me this question would you mm -hmm. love to work with this new guy right this is this yeah, has to exactly. be the important question like if you say yes with all the other positives then definitely that's a big yes for for the team yeah exactly Probably one one last aspect uh, before we before we end this uh, this conversation for today, which is quite sad because I, I really enjoy uh, talking about that that um, that topic with you, is um, the pandemic, the Corona pandemic. Corona, uh, this has changed quite a lot, right? So, for example, I as a manager in the beginning felt quite. Yeah, if, I don't know how to say. Right, I use my hands. I I like to to go to 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 people who do some pack programming and and just talk to them, have whiteboarding sessions. All of that is is not really possible at the moment. So I had to find my ways to to work differently with teams. How how is it for you? Yeah, and quite similar feeling. Like once it was a physical contact with the with the teammates, it was. It was so easy, right? Especially mm. like it's quite easy to go and like reach out to their desk, get things clarified, um, like give some suggestions to them. It was quite easy uh, back then, but now it was. It's more difficult. Like we have to wait for their appointments, <laughs> book book some uh, um, schedule in their calendar. Um, like it was quite difficult now. It's quite difficult now. But with with all these communication channels in place, like Slack, um, like other collaboration tools in place it kind of eases that problem but but still i would say definitely there is that physical connection missing like 
So now, I mean, sometimes people would not even turn on the camera, so you cannot see their face. Yeah. So it's it's all about your your talking to some invisible character. You you never know what who is who is on the other side. I mean, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> this 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 happening off late, um, but at the same time, as a team, we are we kind of getting used to it like let's say for using mirror board uh for for better collaboration um like different other collaboration channels so these are coming up but again what i'm seeing now is the teams are going back to office because they are like they have they have been at home for more than one and a half or two years so now the importance is like shifting back to more of a collaboration um um physical um um like contacts between people so that's becoming more prominent and important now but again kind of we cannot completely move into that mode because like people now being more in a hybrid mode even some of them have not come out of the work from home mode so it's important that the company kind of adopts um, to both kind of hybrid environment let's say three to three days working from office, sorry, working from home and two days working from office. I mean, it depends on how the company wants to organize it. But I think it's becoming more important nowadays. At least one or two days we meet our team, um, uh, like different stakeholders. So I, I mean, I, at least for me, like I have never met a lot of people for the past one and a half years. I've been working with them. I've just met past week. So that is becoming more common nowadays, like meeting, even though you have talked with them for a long time, but then you're meeting them for the first time. Uh, but it's important that again, on a trust and intimacy level, so we have to build that back again. Like it has, yeah. has got a hit a lot during the COVID times. And more importantly, we have to be more affectionate with our teams, um, get to know, I mean, like whatever that's possible with personal and professional uh, um, relationships build with them so that like you 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 just be there for them like whenever uh, there's something not going well so it's important that we stand along with it along together with the team so that we help each other um, during some miserable times or let's say even celebrating wins should also happen like whenever there's a win we have to celebrate that um, so yep yeah, I mean that's that's what I feel when it comes to this uh, hybrid mode of like working from home and office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree to that. I'm also looking forward to meet teams again and, and be in the office with, with, with people, right? Um, and <laughs> interestingly, not just for work, but also these, these informal um, exactly. um, encounters, right? That I don't know, you have a coffee together, you go uh, around the block, you have lunch together and you talk about things and you, you with that uh, create also new ideas and, and some, some different sense of belonging. One, one thing, that I that I found during the during this pandemic and this kind of everyone works from home situation is that it it somehow makes makes one thing extremely clear, right? Which is that if you if you know someone, right, let's say from the office and you know that this person is always smiling and is very friendly, then this person can also be I don't know, very limited in, in their communication, for example, in, in emails and, and Slack or so. But now, if because there is not, not such thing as seeing someone, like just acting, right, um, you, you need to put more emphasis on your communication skills. So if you have someone in your team who is always, like ne- never says good morning or whatever, right, or how are you, or like just comes into, yeah, please do that, or like do that. 
<laughs> what, what about what about this task? Right then, then the the kind of human factor and this personality is completely lost. Right. right? So I think um, putting a bit of emphasis into into better communication is yeah be, become became quite key uh, during that time and made made it very visible. Yeah. Uh, I'd say. But yeah, yeah uh, we I think we can talk forever about that. So um, we I think we we already talked forty minutes now. So let's say uh, Anand was was nice talking to you. Um, I I feel that this topic yeah is is not uh, is too big right to to just be uh, covered in 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 forty five minutes. Uh, but anyways, I wish you a great day and a great week ahead. Yeah, I mean, even same there. Like, it's it's quite amazing. Like, I collaborate with you. Um, like, still, I was thinking about a week before. Like, we were talking about like what topic we can collaborate with, <laughs> but then we came up with a good topic, and it was quite useful for me too, um, to getting to know about your opinions and experience with the engineering culture. Uh, but as you said, like the time will never be enough to talk about it. Maybe I can come one day to Zalando and talk more about engineering <laughs> <laughs> culture, like a lot of other topics which we missed today, uh, especially one topic which I definitely missed today is with the time constraint is this creating a fail-safe environment uh, in mm -hmm. an organization. So that's uh, that has to be a separate topic. <laughs> like how do we create a fail-safe environment? Um, I mean, just a note about from, from me is about like, we have to talk about failures quite often not only about successes, but also about we have to think about the, the failure strategies, the postmortems, like what's happening after mm -hmm. some failure happens. So I think, as you said, it's definitely need a separate day for it. But generally, I feel quite uh, thankful today, um, like taking me into this topic and then discussing all all around. Yeah. Cool. Then, then probably you have it to do. You are part of the mentor mentoring club uh, community. So just go back, right, and ask if someone would be interested in talking about that topic with you. And probably you find someone, and then we have a have a new episode about about uh, that important topic. So exactly. Cool. All right. Then, um, yeah, as I said, have a great day. Um, also, everyone who listened um, to to this, um, enjoy your time. Yep. same there bye thank you for tuning in today if you like the insights podcast please spread the word in your network finally big shout out to linkedin for supporting us and helping the mentoring club grow now we wish you all the best on your growth journey see you soon